They're taking cherubin pots strewn strategically along the daily. Charter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time looms. And in the front bar of a top-end pub. So he says it's good enough for Goldies and Jewies, it's good enough for me. Sure enough, sausage roll, down the cake hole. He even chewed. Oh my God, I nearly spewed. Smith. Uh-oh. What's going on? More. Rob, 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 Rob. Look at the time, man. Oh, showtime. Great. Yeah, let's go. Quick, Hurry drink. Up. Get your bums in the boat and get on with it. G'day fishos and welcome to Tales from the Tinny on this Friday afternoon or this Saturday morning, maybe on a Tuesday at 2am in the morning, however you're getting it up here via ABC Radio Darwin, ABC Grandstand Digital or as a potty mullet anywhere across the nation or the globe. Smithy's away again this week, Packy Andy has stepped in, pinch hitter at late notice, no we haven't rolled Smithy. He's still on board. He's still the three I see. Thanks for coming in again, Andy. How you been, mate? Uh, great, thanks, Tim. Very excited because um, I haven't been fishing for a while. So when I haven't been fishing, I get excited about the fact that I'm going to go fishing. And when, then, are you, when are you going fishing? And then when I'm fishing, I get excited by the fact that I am fishing. So I'm sort of in a perpetual state of... Of giddiness. <laughs> of excitement. <laughs> no, I'm going to chase a childhood dream uh, in the not-too-distant future. That is... Tarpon again. Uh, I know Targeting it, tarpon. Yeah, I know it hurts you when I do. This has been a long-running yeah. saga with Andy continually maintaining that t- pound for pound, in inverted commas, I know. tarpon are a great sports fish. And I know, I know. But these pound ones... Pound for pound means they're crap. <laughs> pound for pound means it's great fun. Anyway, these ones are, are pound for pound. They grow over 100 pounds. Um, oh, proper and tarpon. And they're on the other side of the world where that hurricane's currently loitering. So I'm heading over to around the Florida area um, with the crew from Fishing Australia to target the biggest tarpon in the world. How exciting. Uh, that is exciting, yeah. I can't wait. It's not a barrel, though. <laughs> I don't know yet. I haven't caught one. I'll, I'll come back to you on the app from over there. Will you? Yeah, and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a bit of a, an idea about how a 100-pounder stacks up against a metery. Yeah, and how, I mean, if you do catch them, how that's going to affect the entire rest of your fishing career in the Northern Territory. And what does it mean when I go back to the Billabong and catch the 30 centimetre tarpons again? Is are it... they still pound for pound a worthy fish? Are they? Yeah. In fact, there's probably a Masters or something. That is a good study. Mm. There's plenty to look forward to. Good stuff. <laughs> there's plenty of... I mean, speaking of which, that's pretty much what the tinny is this week. A bit of a Masters. A study, a clinic in how to do it. Yeah, it's, it's a different type of show today, I've noticed, because there's quite a bit of fact in it. Yeah. There's quite a few people that really sound like they know what they're doing. Yeah, so. with everyone we've chatted to, there's a little bit of a clinic. You know, one mm. guy talks through why it is that he primarily uses suspending hard hard bodies. I mean, you'd pr- if you've fished a while, you've played with them or you use them yourself. But if you haven't, it's worth hearing the theory of, of how they can increase your strike and, and hook-up rate by keeping the lure in the zone. 
Yeah, and the other thing that I heard for the first time in a long time is is the concept of having a like a written plan before you go fishing. Yeah, that I, that excited me, Tim. You do love a plan. <laughs> I love it. And stats. Yeah. How do you can? How do you? How does your family live with you when you're this giddy this often? They just follow the checklist. Yeah. Hully Politis down at uh, Dundee gives us a bit of a how-to on planning the day and executing the mission without getting stuck at that boat ramp waiting for the tide to uh, to come back in. The fishing certainly is hotting up. Got 23 on a silo session in the morning. They end up around 45 to 50 mark. They were nailing it, so they were doing really well. Yeah, it's really hotting up. Oh! Get him! Oh! Oh, I'm seriously shaking. <laughs> Fishos are belting each other into a frenzy with the onset of the build-up. They're just too excited like Andy. The frenzy, the fever is just too much! So he's built a rum and you no, no, That's too much! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the final word goes to Jen, who sums it up all pretty neatly. As long as the beer's cold and everyone's got a smile on their face, who really gives a crap, hey? The silverfish go hard. You can get out, knock a couple of solid fish, home before 11 o'clock and get eight hours sleep. Tales from the Tinny. Warren DeWitt is the Ayatollah of the DKVR away last week because he was down the Vic. How did it go, Warren? Yeah, g'day Tim, Andy, how are we? Great, great Warren. What's the news? Yeah, the fishing was pretty good. We got 53 barra, but the only downside of that was 40 of them were undersized. So there was a lot of small juvenile fish in the river, uh, but not many fish. The biggest fish I we, we actually landed with 74 centimetres. We did lose a lot of lures. We, you know, as you do, um, you always reckon that was a good one that you just lost, but you didn't actually see it, so it was hard to tell. But we, uh, we would have lost 15 lures to fish that were getting uh, back into the snags and just cutting us off on the barnacles. Is it still painful, Warren, losing lures even though you own a tackle shop? <laughs> Well, well, yeah, it's not so much the losing of the lure, it's actually not seeing the fish that you actually hooked up and had on for about two or three seconds, which feels very good, and you think, oh yeah, this is a good one, and bang, you've lost it, and, you, and that's the part that hurts the most, is you don't actually get to see what you had on, so I don't give a bug about the lures, to be honest with you, but <laughs> if I could just catch the fish, I'd be much happier. So what sort of depth were you losing the lures and the fish at? Most of the fish were sitting in water around that 12 to 15 feet mark. Um, you're just finding snags that had fish marking on your sounder, and and, th- and that's the, the key to it all, obviously, is you, you look around until you find fish marking on snags, then target those fish, and if you weren't banging into the snags, which was the other frustrating thing was that you could put on a 10 plus classic whatever and you'd be a couple of feet above their heads they Mm. wouldn't come out and take the lure put on a 12 plus or something that goes a little bit deeper than 10 and And they actually started yep they'd actually start banging into the timber you'd get a hookup they'd almost swim out turn around and swim back into the snag and hit you on the way back in because I had full lockup on a lot of these fish. Maxim, I had the multi-grips on my drag trying to screw it up as tight as I could, and then I still were getting stitched up. Yeah, how frustrating. And while it's, while it's good there's so many small ones in the system for recruitment in coming years, a bit disappointing that sort of of the 53, only 13 were keepers. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's sort of a little bit mystifying, I suppose, about the Vic, because yeah. the last couple of years now... 
we're not seeing those bigger fish predominantly in the catching of what you normally catch. Like we used to get 80 centimetre fish and just kick them off the front of the boat and say, ah, oh, that's a rat. Now, if we get an 80 centimetre fish, we're yelling for the landing net and running around the boat like we've got a metre 20 on. So there's a little bit of a, a, a problem, not a problem, but maybe just from the wet seasons being not as strong as what they were back in the 80s and 90s that we're not seeing those healthier, bigger fish. And, and it's really funny because uh, CDU or, or people were out there doing some saw shark surveys and some of the captures of barra that they caught as bycatch while they're trying to catch saw shark, one was a metre 26. So... It, fly, <laughs> it flies in the face about what I'm just been whinging about. And there were 80s and 90s these guys were catching in the nets as well. So, I don't know, maybe I'm just a bad fisherman. And, and they didn't even lose any lures, Warren. No, they didn't. <laughs> no. That's, that's, that's efficient. That is hard to watch uh, when they're netting uh, and getting 80s, 90s and a metre 26 and you're getting rat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, anyway, so there's obviously maybe a change in school size, you know, the class size in, in the river system. And maybe in five or six years' time when those... 55 centimetre fish mature into 80s and 90s and, and metre plus fish will be yahooing and screaming from the rafters again how good the fishing is out the Vic. So maybe just a, a cycle we're going through and maybe poor wet seasons are contributing to it a bit. But obviously there are some good fish in there because these boys were catching them in their nets. Yeah. Weather and uh, water temps are warming up. Where else is worth a crack over this weekend set of tides? Yeah, well, we're just coming off uh, a new moon. Um, so we're still running really heavy or big tides at the moment. So the rivers are going to be pretty dirty still. Um, they're just starting to settle down by Sunday, sort of like Tuesday, Wednesday next week are the pick of the the tide phase that I would certainly be looking at wanting either to go to the Vic or the Roper or the Daly or up in the south Um, otherwise this weekend I'd be sort of fishing more upstream in the freshwater sections of the rivers Um, certainly the water temperatures up there was 28 to to 29 and a half uh, constantly out on the Vic so that's come up four or four degrees in the last set of neeps from a fortnight ago to this set of neeps that we were just out there, the temperature has risen by four degrees. So oh. that gives you an idea how quickly it can warm up once the uh, weather does turn. So, yeah, I mean, it, upstream in the main rivers, you'll still get good fish. The billabongs are starting to show a little bit of sign of stress in some places um, already. There's reports of fish that are looking a little bit doughy and not really that active. Um, so like in Yellow Waters and, and up some of those billabongs in Kakadu. So... You haven't got much time left to sort of concentrate fishing on the billabongs before it gets to the point where you won't have any chance, basically, of catching fish unless you're in Mardigal or one of those bigger, deep, deeper billabongs, which seem to don't get affected as easily or as often as what, say, Yellow Waters does in some of those uh, shallower running billabongs. Good on you, Warren. Plenty of options still by the sound of it. We'll let you go and restock your uh, your tackle box from your own shelves. <laughs> Yeah, I just got an appointment with my bank manager now. I'm yeah. just going down to see him to take out a loan to see if I can restock. You take your young son with you fishing, and, of course, he doesn't care how many lures you lose because it's all part of my tackle box. So he was throwing them out like confetti as well. So, And I don't see any money come across the table That's to help right. replenish him. He yep. just expects you that when next time you go fishing that the tackle box will be full again. Don't take him again. One word, Warren. I know. I'm not going to. One word, mate. I'm not going to. Invoice. (laughs) (laughs) See see you, mate. See you, fellas. Our hero, Hero Nakamura, this was my 1170th Barramundi on lure. Check it out. Land-based. 
1170 barra land base. How good is that? And how good is it that he's actually kept count? Yeah. The number of barramundi is not as many in is my that, usual fishing locations. Does it make you excited? More. <laughs> Are we going to get through this episode? I don't know. You might, wet, it, you, you might wet your pants. I might. I may well. Please don't. It's on the cards. Lucky I'm standing up at the studio. Uh, the amount of barramundi is not as many in my usual fishing locations, um, and the number is much smaller than he would expect. What he said is that the sea barramundi at the moment, very, very cautious. Okay. So, I mean, he's obviously got the skill to unwind some of that cautiousness. He leaves us with this message. It's to your advantage to fish alone. Bloody oath it is, hero. I do it all the time. Fish alone. You don't need a boat full of retrobate mates trying to... Mm. Distraction. Distract you and tell you where they want to go and what they think the tide's going to do. And the, other, the other thing they tend to do is, is sap away your excitement by the constant ribbing. For example, if you had a choice between fishing with me and fishing, with alone, fishing alone, I mean, to maintain excitement, you definitely should be fishing alone. Leela <laughs> <laughs> Bartolo and Tynan Bartolo got married. The fro, who we talk too often and have done for many years on the tinny, Congratulations, folks. Guess where it was? And the wedding photo? At a Barramundi farm. Their wedding pick is them both holding a barra. Absolutely gorgeous. That is beautiful. That's gold. The buck show was always going to be wild, though. Uh, They trolled for sales, killed heaps of red things, and got hit with a thong every time they broke a rule. Here's... uh, Here's one of those rules. What is it? Oh, no, 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 Absolute the welts, the thong welts. Ouch. Congratulations though to Leela and Fro. Ouch, ouch. Uh, Jason Bettles from Wildside Sports Fishing. He's given us a hoy. He had uh, Shelley and Luke Smith on board recently, and Shelley has been sort of desperate for some time to join the Meter Barra Club, and also get onto some big black jewfish. Well, she's hit the daily double, um, and knocked both of those goals goals on the head in one session, which is great. Um, well done, Jay. Says awesome team and some awesome fish landed over three days both in size and numbers. By daily double, that's in a day, not at the daily, for Black Jewies. Didn't actually say where, but um, some really good quality barra, uh, as well as the Jewies. Uh, the mob from Helifish are pretty excited, like we all are, about the weather warming up and, and the water temps on the rise as a result. They're, you know, they're saying barra becoming heaps more active with their punters as well. Perfect timing for the start of uh, MDF competition, which is about, what did that be? Only a couple of weeks away. Yeah, it's not far off. Beginning of October, I think. Uh, and Tristan Sloan and Matt Fu have given us a hoy. Shoal Bay build-up. No prizes for guessing the location. Now, this was a reasonable barra. I can't remember because I saw it earlier in the week, but it might have been one of those standard high 80s, 90s. Mm. What I really liked about this post, Tristan, is you've told everyone exactly where it is. You've taken a photo directly in front of, correct me if I'm wrong, but The Rock, and said, you know where this is, guys. There's no point hiding. I'm not going to blur the background. I caught a fish there, a fish there. That's a really, I thought, a really altruistic thing to be running against the trend uh, on fishing social media, Tristan. So congratulations to you on that, but also how unwieldy your beard is getting. Really, sometimes you just got to let it be itself. Put the razor down, put the clippers down. Let the beard be who it wants to be. 
So, well done to you, Mop. You can give us a hoi too, ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook or email fishing at abc.net.au. Shoot it, share it, shout it. Give us a hoi. I'm Matt Cook and I'm from Darwin. I was lucky enough to get the Friday off and uh, asked a few of my few of the boys if they wanted to come for a fish, but everyone had to work. I was just solo. So, so we launch uh, Saltwater Arm and um, just basically around the creeks around there, and we're we're looking for snags, um, we're looking for logs that are sort of coming down on a vertical sort of a way, and looking for bait fish. So you have with your neat tides, as long as you've got a little bit of run and you've got clear water, and you find the bait, cast into there. So. Uh, suspension lures or, or vibes. Uh, a suspension style lure is where uh, when you cast into the snag it'll actually stay uh, within the strike zone for a longer period of time. So it's just a matter of doing a slow and stop twitch, slow and stop twitch and then what happens is they won't be chasing them all the time. They're going to watch, wait, do a slight follow, stop, be hesitant and then because you've got in the strike zone for a longer period of time, you're gonna get a high strike rate. Like in the dry season, I've actually done some of my best sparrow fishing, and that is just the technique of using uh, suspension. So you were using these lures in the snags, how did it go? Also vibes go really well as well because you're going a little bit deep into the into the into those snags. But no, I did all right. I got 23 on a silo session in the morning. It was an awesome little session, and it, you know, it's really good to find out uh, those locations and work them out. Did you lose many of those fish in the snags? Probably say I lost about two fish. Um, it wasn't so much the snag component. Generally, as soon as I've uh, hooked onto a fish, I'll get them in code and try and pull it out into the middle and try and drag the fish out, try and get them in and then play them that way. And what size? The biggest was 76, um, and I'd say average was around 60s to 70s. There were a few, still a few rats. I mean, you just you get that. How did the other boys who were on the water at the same time as you go, do you know? They ended up around 45 to 50 mark. They did well when I come past to say, oh, I'm taking off now because I left it about uh, just after lunch. So really it was just a half day and morning session. They were nailing it. So they were doing really well. Going into the build-up, do you have any spots that you're wanting to target? Friends of mine were going to be doing a Mouth the South Alligator trip um, and probably heading over to Coburg. So that is going to be an awesome trip to do that, um, especially for build-up because it's nice and calm, all that sort of stuff. Uh, would like to go over to Anson Bay, do that sort of stuff for a while um, and maybe even go around Cape Scott, which is a little bit further around the corner. The build-up's always a lot of fun because the waters, you know, you get, often you get a glass off. Um, so you can do reef fishing, you can go a long way in a small boat. I've only got, what, 5.2 metre boat, so um, that's in sort of a barrow boat. So as, as if, it, if, if it's calm, I've got a few hundred litres of fuel in the boat, I can go miles and miles and miles. Sounds amazing. I'm very jealous. Um, have a great trip and uh, thanks for talking to us. Yeah, cheers, mate. No worries. You know, Tim, suspending lures and, you know, keeping the, the lure or the vibe in the strike zone for the right amount of time. These are pretty technical terms, but, you know, look what he's done. Look at the results that come out of knowing a little bit about fishing. Imagine what we could do if, if we knew a little bit about fishing. If we, if we paid attention. Mm. They are, they do work well. Mm. 
just for hovering right in the spot. The, the challenge is how much they cost. I mean, you get them nailed, and like you said, it ain't a cheap exercise. Unless, of course, as we heard before, you're um, the owner of a tackle shop, or the son of the owner of a tackle shop. Even <laughs> yeah, better. even better. From across the vast expanses of the wild and untamed top end, intrepid tinny correspondents risk rampage and ridicule from crewmates to bring you the truth. Start dancing for me, little, little, little Baza Mundi. Tinny lovers, Biddy Haggis and Flyer reporting from uh, Woods Inlet. Fairly good morning so far. You can fish, you can fish, you can catch lots of fish. Yeah, g'day, it's Haggis from Bellamac. Promised the wife I wouldn't um, ring the tinny anymore until I got a better fish. Turns out one week later, we've got to ring the tinny. Um, but I've actually dragged Matt out of bed this time and he's off the sick bed and Took him out to the uh, same old spot. I was up till one o'clock this morning, servicing the reels. Realised um, they were a bit rusted, and uh, put them all back together and back out the boat ramp by six. Matt's second reel is just not working. I've just realised that I've put it back together wrong. I'm in the shit already, so I've just pulled it apart and got it into about 20 different pieces. And then all of a sudden, Matt's hooked onto a fish. Quick thinking, put all the gear on the ground in the corner and um, and get the net out. He's panicking, trying to pull in this thing, and she's jumped a few times. She's a ripper. Gonna keep pressure on it. Oh! Throwing me up. Oh! Oh! I'm gonna lose him, I think. Oh! 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 Head coming up. Head coming up. Let him. Let him. Let him. Oh! Oh! Go, 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 go! Going through the net. Going through the net. Where did it go through the net? Just popped through the net. Yeah, grabbed the net and sure enough, we got it in the net and she's gone straight through the net. Shocking. Reverse net and get the big girl on board, so yeah. Put it back through the net again, back the other way and pulled her into the boat and yeah, she worked out pretty well. Because oh, yeah, it was straight through the net. Where's the brag I'm seriously shaking. Oh, I did not want to lose that fish. <laughs> that was awesome. Wow, that's a big fish. Just gone eight bells. A good 92 on board. Happy days, heart still racing. It was a bloody good effort by all. Still get me breath back, but um, good start to the morning and hopefully plenty more to come. So we'll uh, keep you posted there at the tinny. Cheers. Get a mullet up, yeah. Oh! Oh, oh no! He snapped it. How does he look in his face? Oh. <laughs> All that recorded in the field with the Tinny Field recording app. Just hit go on the app on your phone and you can capture the moment forever. Brilliant, guys. That was awesome. You can do the same. If you want to, we just send you the link to the app. You click on the link and boom, it's there and it's logged in. That easy. And we can run you through how to record it or to file something in live to the Tinny. Email us if you want to want the link or hit us up on Facebook. It did sound stressful for those boys, though. At one point, you, you, it could have been mistaken for uh, him being on the toilet. Oh! 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 Beer and the tales from the Tinny Podcast. Almost the same thing. 
except the podcast is free. And you can download it right now from abc.net.au slash tinny on the ABC Listen app or your preferred podcast provider. We rely very much on secretly whispered rumours here at the Tinny to bring you the truth. This week, no different when the phone went ding. A group of misfits at the local pub, the place where, as we've said many times before, a, uh, a great incubator for intellect and innovation. Lisa the Brave was off like a shot for a pint and found Jason Rogers barely propping up the bar. <sighs> Mate, how good's that? A frothy and a waffle. Thought it'd be rude not to join the boys down in the uh, tote, strictly for business reasons, of course. What's been happening on the water? Well, we've had a few days on the water. We've been out down around Bino Harbour, chasing a few barras and we did a bit of reef fishing as well, just on the way out. We've got barras, we've got snapper, we've got goldies casting, a few salmon, mixed bag, you name it, we got it. Have you ever seen a sheet of glass? About as flat as that. Did blow up in every afternoon, but we were tucked away in a nice little mothership. We overnighted for a few days. Yeah, it was great. And you go a couple hundred metres and catch barra. Barra, frothy, barra, frothy, you know how it goes. More frothies than barra. We had a nice dropping tide, so you get the barras coming off the flats and you can catch them, you know, like on the edges of the mangroves and it's a lot of sight fishing. So you see the barras coming out, you pull up somewhere and at an ambush point and the way they come, cast your lure. Nothing big, but good-sized fish, you know, like good eatable, nice sort of bread and butter fish for the Northern Territory. Doing that big Merv views up, doing a bit of a TV show, film shoot, so there was Merv, myself and Squiz. I actually burst a blood vessel in my eye. Can you see? I can see it. It looks like you've poked yourself with a stick. What's that from? Laughing. Laughing too hard. I started wiping and I thought I had a you know, bump my eyebrow or something. Go on, the, the horse is coming in. Bloody five. Yeah, we got on that one. I think it paid $17 and we had, might have $25 on it each way. Your shout then, is it? Not me. My experience with Merv and Squizzy is they generally operate under gentlemen's hours. Was that the case on this trip? It worked around the tide, so it's all tidal. You know, the harder it is, the more profits you have to have. So that's just the way it is. I've actually got the billfish bug pretty bad, so I can't sort of get enough of that. Even more than Barra? Yeah. Barra's good. I've just fallen off it. We went to the Finnis a fortnight ago. Probably got... 40-odd barra on the Saturday and probably another 40-odd on the Sunday. We just fished the uh, moonrise, actually, because it's full moon. We launched the boat at 2.30 in the afternoon and went up the river and then fished the top of the tide and just vibing around the snags as the mud dropped out of the water and it cleaned up. And right on moonrise, I think moonrise was 5.12. The first fish we caught was at 5 o'clock and they bit right through till sort of 7, 7.30. It was every cast when they came on and we got, yeah, probably got 40-odd. But nothing big, up to about 60 centimetres. You hopefully into the build-up, you'll get bigger. For the bigger, better fish, you want those good deep tides and clean water. Once they spawn, you'll get the real big ones. So we haven't rains. We had rain this morning, robbery in Cape Otham. It'll actually probably kill the billabong fishing a bit. So I don't know how the girls will go at the SWB comp on the weekend, but just rain's no good. It slows them down. Your shout, Jase. My shout. I better go and put some beer on the table. Cole Burton. 
And have you been fishing lately, Cole? Uh, yeah, I've been down the Mary. At least this is not going on air, is it? Because I'm supposed to be at work and I'm at the pub. But no one needs to know what time this is happening. That can be totally anonymous, Cole. That's so true. Yeah, good thinker. I've been doing all right down the Mary. I've been down there a couple of times. It's a beautiful little billabong. I really like it down there. But going out with the boys tomorrow down the daily, so we'll see how that goes. I've heard some mixed reports down there. Like There's fish and then there's not, so... Big tides, we'll see how we go. I'm a hard body man, but I, I have gone to the softies lately with the vibes. And Having any luck with those? Yeah, yeah, I've got the 110 in the, the Nationals this year and a 99.5 in the Classic. One of the shadiest characters in the Northern Territory that, that I know of is uh, Squizzy Taylor, who's most flicking $100 bills your way. Is that uh, some kind of payment for something? He likes flicking windows normally, but $100 bills will do it. You've been out on the water the last three days. Tell me about that, Squiz. Outfished these, all these champions. Fisherman of the trip. I was. I was a numbnut to the whole lot and won. What was the winning fish? Merv did get the winning trip, winning fish. He had the uh, the cobble trout off Middle Reef. I dropped a couple of baits down and it was, it was a beautiful cobble trout. Jason uh, knocked a couple of fillets off it and mixed it up with the other fillets, but I know which ones they are, they don't. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> we, caught, we caught a lot of fish on the, the little plastic ones. What are they called? Oh. Soft vibe. Any colour in particular is working? We use the white and the red, but, but Jason and Merv were using the, the green. Yep. Uh, and the, the one with this, the, actually the other, the other hard body one they used was a silver body, which went well. As long as they're bringing you the fish. That's right. <laughs> I'm just about to slay their bums at the daily. We're going to get the fish. So you're going to hit Merv's curve? Yeah, we're going to hit Merv's curve down the bottom there, right on, the, right on that bend. He always catches fish there. Does and he really not. always catch fish there? No, we don't, but we work it hard. How many fish did you pull off on that curve? I think we pulled about three or four, but we persist with it. We get into trouble for it, but we do persist. Big Greg showed me the, showed me the technique of casting, so I've got that down pat. 20 years it took, but I'm onto it now. So, Merv, you've been in town for a few days hitting Bino, I hear. Turnbull Bay there. Yeah, we did OK. Big Jace Rogers got a 70-centimetre. Dylan, who, who works with Greg, got a 70-centimetre barrel. We got a, got a few small ones. We got Golden Snapper, got Blue Salmon. Just got a variety of fish, so it was good. And then on the way back, just doing the reef fishing, uh, picked up a blue bone, picked up a... A, a coral trout, oh, some dewy, just a boat, yeah. So we had a bit of fun. The boys are saying you're heading down the daily tomorrow. You're going to go back and hit Merv's curve? Um, yeah, my, my word. So just on the S's there, we spend, I reckon, four and a half days out of five days at the Paraclassic <laughs> there. Um, so I reckon at some stage the fish have got to come on. You invested so much time on that curve and it wasn't paying you? Uh, not last year it didn't pay. It's, it's paid dividends before and there's, there's fish on the sounder just holding there and there's a big deep pool there so anyone that's fished the daily, just the top of the S's, there's always fish holding there. They've just got to switch on so hopefully they'll switch on. Probably go down to Elizabeth and, and maybe a little bit further. just depends on how we're going so didn't have a trial for a while, have a cast so just cover some ground and then probably throw out some baits. We got one, we got one, no one. The horse? $6.90, $6.90. We only had 300 on it. Yeah. You baked it for a place. And gamble responsibly. <laughs> if you are gambling, remember, you're not gambling unless you're losing. There's gambling and there's winning. And did you ever notice that people that win when they gamble never have a gamble, gambling problem? You only got a problem when you lose. And these blokes here are a bunch of losers. <laughs> Talk about brave. I mean, I she guess. Is, isn't she? Well, that's why we call her Lisa the Brave. Mm. It's, it's, that's not just a throwaway term. She really is. Straight into the big den with a huge mob of drunks on the punt. Yep. 
Good on you, Lisa. And thanks, fellas. Thanks, Jason, Merv and Squizzy there. Good on you. Red, fast and free. Presenting the Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker. Some say it's the scientific standard for measuring length. Some say that it gives you a guaranteed 20% more luck in catching fish. Some say that these stats might be slightly exaggerated. Much like your fishing yards without a Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker. Email fishing at abc.net.au or message the Tinny on Facebook to get yours. And the requests keep flooding in from across Australia. And that is the lovely thing about these stickers. As Neville attempts to wing his way across this great brown land, there's an opportunity to connect to you potty mullets. Not only across the north of Australia, but pretty much everywhere. Including from this mob, the Golden Spanner crew, who's kept us in regular uh, contact from the Gold Coast. This is from uh, Chooklegs, one of the members, Joey Chooklegs. G'day Tinny boys and Lisa the Brave, just a quick hoy and cheers for the uh, stickers. I'm writing to convey a message to your esteemed broad church. Me and my three mates Tony, Fish and Dwayne, and our young blokes Jacko, Taylor, Kano and Tommy, are about to make the annual, annual pilgrimage to the magnificent Mecca that is the Territory. Running from the last week of September through to the first week of October, we'll be uh, out at fishing at Dundee, hiring a couple of boats and should do a pant load of fishing. So look, if any members of your church are in the area, why not come over and say g'day? This is a potty mullet from down south extending the olive branch to the local church. To a harmonious coming together. Well, what would inspire us to do that, Joey Chooklees? Despite being from the poxy Gold Coast, we're actually not bad blokes. <laughs> well, prove it, Joey Chooklees. Well, in fact, our holistic and guiltless love of beer and fishing is seldom rivalled in our neck of the woods. It will be rivalled up here, you you know that. (laughs) I'll be the bloke at the bar with the well-sculpted calf muscles. Well, not really. Not sculpted at all. In fact, recently, in a cruel, merciless jibe, one of my mates, Big H, a.k.a. Harry Highhair, referred to me as a hovering torso. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good insult. It is. Don't skip leg day, he mocked. While you limb-shaving hair product-using clowns were down the gym, Team Chooklegs was on the 36 Fathom line, dunging the Reds! <laughs> dunging harder than poor little Quasimodo after a dozen vodka Red Bulls. Sorry, got a bit off track there. What I meant to say was, if you love beer, fishing and a laugh, we're always up for a frothy and a waffle. Regards, Joey Chooklegs. P.S., since donning the 120YYY sticker to the boat, our catch rate has gone up a mighty 33%. Fact! And hello to my wonderful wife, Shelley, who clearly understands that if you love them, you must set them free. <laughs> On fishing trips. To the Territory. <laughs> See you in the NT and get a mullet up, ya. Yeah. Uh, good on you, Joey. Classic correspondence again, and hope to catch up with you when you're here. For a frothy and a waffle in the Boundless Frothable. From Jeff, me and the lovely wife are listening to the Mullet Fest on podcast, a usual Friday evening gig. I do have to acknowledge that the lady hates fishing. We don't encourage people not to like fishing, but if you don't, at least listen to the tinny. I, I feel like there's a but. Is there a but coming on? No buts. In fact, she loves the ratchet over. She hasn't missed an episode since she discovered the ratchet over. Oh. Wow. The ratchet is the new beat. Mm. <laughs> 
Heading out to the parents with a mate tomorrow morning would really appreciate a couple of the 120 YYYs from a mate's boat and one to cover a few dents in the tailgate of my ute. Perfect use. They're on their way via the drunken albatross. Jeff? Another one from uh, Darren in Nullumboy. Hi, Tinny boys. Um, I've had to get onto the Mrs. Faceache page as I'm not on it because he's probably too busy fishing to be on social media. Good on you. My trouble is every time I take the bride out, I end up tying her lures and bait and doing all of that stuff, and she always ends up coming out on top with the most or the biggest fish. I reckon if we had a red 120YYY fish measuring device placed at my end of the boat with the 74% extra strike rate, then I'll get my balls back. Now, we'll, <laughs> we'll send you two, mate, one for each ball. You will get your balls back because these are, these are a proven they product. Are, they are, as it says in the ad, they're good for a moving leg, hair or whatever hair. Should you so choose, Darren? You know what you've done there, though, bro? You've jumped on your wife's faceache messenger to basically can her. So she's going to see that next time she jumps onto her own messenger. Or she's going to hear that across the world on the Tales and the Tea podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I hope the stickers can quell the heartache. Darren's wife, Darren, really loves you. There you go. Done. G'day, Grass! G'day, Tim and Rob. It's Grass here. From Mungindi, 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 sorry mate, on the New South Wales-Queensland border. A mate and I tow up a boat, 2,750 k's to King Ash Bay every year. Last year was the maiden voyage for his new boat. We had an outstanding trip with 310 fish boated over the 13 days. The boat's pretty much got everything you could want, but I feel it's missing a touch of class, which is why I'm wondering if you could possibly send us one of your new stickers. No one's ever referred to it as adding class. There's, put it on the list. Yeah, that's another benefit. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any piss-funny stories to, to trade as payment, but I'd happily give you beer or take your fishing. You don't need to do either, Grass. Just give Neville a couple of frothies when he rocks up. Keep him happy. That's all we ask. Two stickers on the way. Enjoy your next trip up, mate. If you want a sticker too, email fishing at abc.net.au or send us a message on Facebook. It wasn't until I got a good bit of pilly on me hands that took the edge off it. Oh, yeah. It's sort of hanging around a bit. And I just couldn't see anything. Like It just faded to black. Tales from the Tinny. As we head towards the build-up, everyone's looking towards glassy horizons. Uh, the southeasterly should soon be behind us, thank God. And the good old territory glass off comes upon us and it's already been the case out at Nullumboy coinciding just delightfully uh, with weekends which is getting everyone out there pretty excited including Peter Cox who's the project officer for the Nullumboy Regional Sports Fishing Association. It's been going off out there Peter. It's been great. We've been experiencing some sensational weather the last four or five weekends so much so that uh, we think that the gods have turned on our favour for a change and we're getting great conditions on weekends and it's blown its head off during the week so uh, Monday to five, Monday to Friday crew uh, don't mind at all. So Peter, conditions great, fantastic. How has that translated into fish? Well this time of year where uh, we see the Spaniards come in and they've been in plague portions here the last couple of weekends so uh, everyone's been feeding up on fish and chips on a Sunday night, I can tell you that. Mm. What's plague proportions? Just can't get away from them. <laughs> oh, oh, you okay? Yeah, oh yeah, we're we're managing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're they're sitting uh, this time of year, ten to twelve kilo units are pretty common, and um, we're also getting quite uh, excited about some of the 
schools of baitfish and tuna that are in the harbour at the moment. That's always the first sign we look at uh, when the sow easterlies are blowing. A lot of people are confined to the harbour or the uh, inside shore there on the front of the town. And uh, we've been noticing a lot of tuna and uh, good school, schools of baitfish. Now that we're uh, had these good weekends, been popping outside on some of the outer reefs out around Sykes and Veronica, out past Bremer, up to Bonner Rocks. Mm. And... Um, yeah, there's just been acres of bait, and uh, the mackerel are just going off their nut. I'd, I'd presume that with that amount of bait fish, with a fair few, with lots of mackerel, with lots of tuna about, uh, a sailfish likely to, to be moving around with them? Well, that's what we've been hunting. But unfortunately, we haven't had too much luck because uh, the mackerel have certainly taken their share of baits and lures. So uh, anyway, it's a tough life, but someone's got to do it. How, how far offshore have you got to go to get amongst the mackies? Oh, it's a good two or three hundred metres. <laughs> <laughs> Again, are you all right? It is a tough life. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, um, we've had some good... Uh, all the popular spots are going off. And uh, between that, when we're out wide, uh, and we've been able to get it wide, this is very unusual this time of year. Uh, once again, uh, some good, uh, good patches of bait. But uh, there have been several reports, but no one's hooked up as yet. Mm. Uh, how's the boat ramp out there going too? That's been a long community driven project, Peter, that you've been involved with for many years? Yes, uh, this is year 14 for us. Uh, it's been a staged process uh, from a, uh, a crop of rocks and a bit of mud and a, a few weeds growing on the side of the beach there. We've now got uh, our ramps are finished. Uh, only this morning the contractors finished the last uh, lane of the boat ramp. We're waiting to uh, put some new uh, navigation markers out, working towards our official opening uh, on the 10th of November this year. Peter, last week there was some uh, amazing footage around the whale shark uh, that actually made national news. What, what do you know about that? Yeah, we actually uh, had some of our local uh, community guys, uh, some of the club members actually, um, shoot some, some footage earlier this year of some whale sharks. Quite spectacular. Normally we wouldn't see those fish here and, and it's the first I've heard of it uh, because they normally like some nice uh, clean water but uh, no, they were certainly out wide and uh, Quite spectacular. Yeah, impressive to see. Uh, before we let you go, mate, biggest Mac you've heard of thus far? Uh, just over the 22, 23, I think they had a set of scales on board. Biggest tuna? Um, we've been getting set between 7 and 9 kilo in the harbour and just on the uh, side of uh, West Woody. Hard work. Uh, someone's got to do it. You continue yeah. doing it, Peter, and thanks for sharing. Oh, we'll do our best. Thanks for calling. <laughs> see you, mate. Okay, bye. <laughs> And surprise, surprise, Lisa's still at the pub. You never know who you're going to run into uh, at the pub on a Wednesday afternoon and who walks in but Jennifer Wilson. What brings you to the Prap Tavern, uh, Jennifer? I thought you were in Brisbane. was in Brisbane uh, 24 hours ago, but um, got a call up for the SWB up here to visit starting in two days' time. Was heading out uh, to meet my girls with the boat, and I got a phone call off Merv. Um, they're at the pub at Prap, so kind of had a bit of a detour. It'd be rude not to have a beer on a Wednesday afternoon. I was actually up a couple of weeks ago and I did a pre-fish with a couple of girlfriends um, in another team, uh, Rocky and Roma, and we uh, checked out the rock hole and a few little snags around, but corroborees changes every single day, so really it's going to fish different today um, as it will tomorrow as it did two weeks ago, so we're just going to have to roll with it. As long as the beer's cold and everyone's got a smile on their face, who really gives a crap, hey? 
I'm looking forward to catching up with all the girls that do these comps. I mean, it's as social as much as is competitive. We all want to win, but it's um, fantastic just to be there with the crew and hang out. Yeah, can't wait. I know you're a very strong supporter of uh, women's fishing. It's very different to when I originally started the whole women can do it for themselves business. I've got a lot more support network back home and up here and not just women, it's men as well. And I just think it's all about having a fishing community and for women and men, young people, older people if they want to get into it, is just to ask the question, can I come with you, show me how to do that. Don't be scared of it. Too many people are too afraid they're going to look like an idiot. Well, you know what? We're all idiots, so let's be idiots together and have a bit of fun. So just jump on board. Ask someone, can I come with you? And um, do it for yourself. Don't let people tie your knots. Teach, Get them to teach you how to tie your own knots. You'll have so much more fun because every fish belongs to you. All the best uh, for SWB on the weekend and uh, let us know how you go. Thanks, love. No worries. See, it can be that easy, Lisa. You just go to the pub and you prop yourself up on the sandbar and you wait till the tide turns and then the fish eyes just come to you. G'day, yeah, Russ, Russ from the Do here. Seeing Rob's not here, we thought we'd give you the opportunity to set the record straight as a uh, tofu-eating, vegan, pink concert-attending wannabe, I think was the claim. I, I appreciate the, the, uh, the time to clarify the situation. And it is this, I was brought up on a beef farm down south, so pretty much every night we had some sort of meat dish. It wouldn't matter what it was. Um, and now, thus, there was a, an incident when, yeah, we did go down to Melbourne and the pink concert, and I don't know what happened there for a brief moment. Was it just a little bit of a glitch in your, in life? That's probably all I'd call it to me, nothing major. <laughs> when did you last eat meat? That'd be last night, the magnificent T-bone. Where did this rumour start? How did this come about then that you were you've been so publicly shamed over a series of months to be honest i think it, sometimes your so-called mates when you go disappearing somewhere the the knives come out so i i think it all started maybe from that filthy swine out there at the the lee point they all get together out there and the the low-life prawn man and after a couple of beers they they think that i've become a full-blown yeah a vegan a tofu eating i don't know mango beer drinking vegan <laughs> all right continuing to set the record straight you're still fishing too pretty hard russ yeah that that sort of hasn't stopped um every 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 time those good tides come around and the wind yeah we're just usually always plan a, a trip over the tiwis pretty much so have you done that recently and if so how'd you go yeah we have andy uh had two trips over there both up the east coast this time we, we haven't um been up the straight for a while because the weather's been good we've been trying some new spots and yeah looked at the snapper fishing it's been exceptional yeah you know basically you get a brief window um where they're hanging around and, and you can bag out you know within half an hour you can get six nice snapper with two of you um and then a lot of rubbish fish move in some big sharks and then then it's time to go barrow fishing when do you find that hot bite window I'd say generally, uh, it doesn't matter, just coming off one of the tides, either high or low, it doesn't matter. And once that water starts to push a bit over the reef, that's when the fish come on. And the more that tide runs and you can still hold bottom or with some big jig heads, you know, two and a half ounce jig heads, um, basically that's a hot bite. Last time we spoke to you, you were bagging some pretty big ones, like up in the, the high 70s. Um, how were the size this time? 
Well, yeah, the last trip I think we got one that was close to 70. Um, all the others have sort of been solid 55 to 65 fish. Beautiful snapper. But yeah, I must admit we haven't been able to get, get over that 70 mark for a while. Any jewies? Yeah, we were lucky enough. We went up, there's a creek over there. We, we went up and it's quite a deep hole in one of the creeks and we jigged up two two jewies that were probably 65, 70 centimetres. Good fun on the, on the vibes. Um, and basically the, the creeks over there with the barra too have been, they've been exceptional, but high numbers of juvenile barras, but the, the legal ones have been a bit of a struggle. You might get two or three in a session and the rest you'll get 15, you know, smaller barras, but it's good to see that, that amount of juveniles over there. And it's good to see you again too, Russ. How was the pink concert? I, I was totally blown away, Timmy. <laughs> She's not bad. She's incredible, mate. Yeah, you wouldn't want to do the wrong thing by her on that trapeze, and she's a pretty strong girl. <laughs> Great to see you, mate. Good to good to hear that you're back on the straight and narrow. I'm just glad to have the opportunity to get things straight, mate. So hopefully we'll get the word out there that Russ is back on the beef wagon. Letting him get his version on the record, affording some natural justice there. You're big on natural justice, and I think it's now been afforded to Russ. Uh, big F and C, filthy swine, time to hit back. May the meat be with you, Russ. So, my name's Gary, or as everyone calls me, Gaz. Been up here maybe close to nine and a half, ten years. So, I'm getting a mangrove jack tattoo by Simon. <laughs> that whole barra thing to, to certain fish shows is a bit cliche, like... Like Alex, as you guys know, works here. He's obsessed with his barra. But me and Simon, personally, we just don't like really fishing for barra. We like your more pelagic, you know, kind of fish, your mackerels, your trevallies and things like that, and jacks again, and the aggressive, hard-hitting fish. And, you know, first first ever real fish. I couldn't even really bring my hands up to hold the fish for a photo, like, and it just railed me. And I don't actually know what it is. It's just got me hooked, and I just go out as much as humanly possible and put a lot of time and effort and and also the fact that a lot of us in our circle are catch and release like we don't do it to feed ourselves we just do it for some fun and very rarely we actually keep fish to eat unless unless the only time we really keep them is when they can't be released like if they have barotrauma or you know they've unfortunately been foul hooked through the gill or something or just, just what, what I've noticed, even the short amount, like I've only been fishing not even two years and just what I've noticed is, especially up here, a lot of people just take, 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 you know what I mean? Like I've seen so many undersized fish taken, you know, all, all over Darwin, not even just in a boat, especially at East Point and Lee Point, like so many fish that clearly should be released to, you know, re repopulate and, you know, as cliche as it's going to sound, like, you know, future generations can actually fight these fish and so everyone can have some fun and just my mindset and same with Simon and Blues and so many other people that even if it's a small part of us, a small group of us who are re-releasing these fish, we like to think it makes some sort of a better impact on the environment as well. So every week we fish together from dawn until dusk, one day a week. And yet he's only one day a week, but you know, he's got jobs and we've all got jobs to go to, so... And, it, and it's, ha it's good having that same person there that you can relive these memories with and, you know, in 10 years' time, that will still be there to remind me of Simon and the good fishing times we've had and, yeah.
Gaz at the tattoo shop, who fishes with a few other tattooists and tattoo fetishists. You might have heard over the years on Tales from the Tinny, Simon and of course Blue, the big red bearded land-based fisho, and Alex. Ah, the big sexy mama. Big sexy mama <laughs> fame. You can see that vid of Gaz at uh, ABC Darwin on Facebook. And for the record, Gaz, we don't keep undersized fish, nor does anyone who's ever been associated in any way ever with the broad church of the tinny. By good Lord, do we eat them? Sure, we eat them. Not undersized ones, legal ones. We eat them. But we don't keep little. Beautiful tat too. Thanks, Gaz, Simon, Big Sexy Mama and Blue. Yeah, good day, guys. I'm Harley Politis from uh, Angler's Choice. If we were heading down to Dundee, Harley, can you give us a bit of an overview of the sort of things you think through when you're planning a, a guided trip out there? You should always have a plan. And when I go to bed, I visualise and I plan where I'm going to go. So you've got to have a plan A, plan B, plan C. So before you even go down the water, boys, always have a plan that I'm going to go to this spot at that tide, fish for so many hours, move out to the next place. But uh, you definitely need a plan on your um, on your mind before you go out. My, my theory, um, no run, no fun. Uh, Darwin Harbour, if you're, um, if you're fishing uh, anything over two metres, you can't hold bottom. Dundee, you can fish in two metre run, four metre run, six metre run, seven metre run. It doesn't affect you. You can go in the 20 metre mark and fish with a one metre tide, you can fish with a seven metre tide. My basic rule, on those deep tides, I wouldn't be fishing in shallow water because there won't be any tidal movement in that shallow water. The only place you're going to get a bit of tidal movement is out deep. So you've got to go out deep and fish um, on those deep tides. Do you have a favourite set of tides for Barra at Dundee? You've got the Finnis River, uh, preferably on the neap tides. Otherwise, um, unless you're fishing the runoff, which is uh, preferably uh, the, the bigger tides, so you can get that back up and colour change from you know from May, June, July and, and onwards. Um, probably those neap tides where you get water clarity. Otherwise, uh, this time of the year, from September and onwards, when the water temperatures are warming up a bit and you'll get those big fish coming in, uh, coastal um, foreshores and that, on, the, on those um, big tides, coastal rocks, yeah, Point Jenny and on towards uh, Channel Point and that. Any preferences for bait when you're blue water fishing? I've always been a big fan of uh, local squid. I always catch my local squid if I'm if, if I'm um, doing fishing on my own. I'll go out at night. We've always uh, bought local squid from the trawlers or the wholesalers up here. I think the biggest mistake uh, people do um, they get up in the morning, they go to their local service station. All that squid, guys, is Californian squid. Ninety-nine percent of the people that don't catch fish is because they use Californian squid. You will pay a couple of dollars extra, but it's worth it. Uh, with pelagic fishing guides, queenies, longtail, mac tuna, mackerel, as long as you've got water clarity and a bit of movement in the tide. Problem with Dundee, to catch those fish, you've got to do the distances. A major point, guys, is just remembering um, if you're new to Darwin and uh, there's a lot of talk about Dundee, let's go to Dundee and fish, fish, fish. Uh, Dundee is very good to fish, but um, it gives you options. But um, you're restricted to uh, where you can go. If you go with a car topper and a small boat, you can go up the Finnis River and catch Barra. Or you can fish along the foreshores of uh, Dundee and catch a few uh, snapper, a cod, maybe a dewy. But otherwise, guys, you've got to do the distance. You've got to go out to Point uh, Jenny, and uh, that's 30 k's, and probably another 30 k's after that. We've heard a lot about the condition of the boat ramp down there, Holly. How are you finding it as a 
charter guide. I've got a 100 series Land Cruiser. I was quite happy when the tractors were down there. I was paying $30. They were putting me in at any tide. They were retrieving me at any tide. My car wasn't even going near water. For the last year or two, I'm starting to see rust spots on my um, on my vehicle due to um, the swell. I'm not, I'm not very happy, totally happy with the boat ramp. It's got to be three meters and over before you can uh, before you can get out. For instance, this weekend on a Saturday, we got a low tide at 3:30 in the afternoon at 1.43, and we need we need three meters to get in. You will not retrieve any earlier than 5:30 in the afternoon. Otherwise. You got to come back before one o'clock. But you know what happens on the weekends, there, boys? There's 30, 40 boats there. Chaos. I told the clients that I'd be back by 2:30 for me to meet the uh, tide during the day. I said, look, how about we just stay out all day and whatever happens? And we stayed out all day. We caught a lot of fish. I came back at um, six o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, retrieved at nine o'clock at night, waiting for that tide. This weekend, um, you got to be very careful. So it's early, early start, and early retrieve, or early start and late retrieve. How do you like this weekend's tides for fishing? I think I think they're quite good. I think um, there's, there's a bit of movement in there. There's five metre run. So I, I think it'll work for uh, all, all types of fishing. Uh, the only problem we have out of Dundee now is we've got that uh, coral spawn. The fish don't bite as well. So pelagic fishing and bottom bouncing and all that. Uh, yeah. So you've got to keep away from that coral spawn. Try and go get away from it. Harley, thanks for the comprehensive lowdown on Dundee and happy fishing over the weekend. Thanks, mate. Yeah, th- thank you too, guys. That four hours over the low is is just the prime. Yeah, and for Barry, he just loves the turn of that high tide as it sort of um, sucks all the crustaceans and forces them to come out of the mangroves. Mm. He's big on that. He's put a lot of research into his fishing. And what a lovely bloke. Pure, like, ge- pure gentleman. Pure gentleman. Not only does he does he come and come and uh, you know talk to us candidly about his fishing experience, but he brings in the most sensational homemade Greek dessert that I have ever eaten. Yeah, he said well, you can't pronounce it unless you can speak Greek. Just call it a vanilla slice. Well, that's about it for Tales from the Tinny. Thanks very much to Warren DeWitt, Holly Politis, Russell Walton, Peter Cox, Gaz and the boys at the Tat Shop, Jen Wilson, Jason Rogers, Colin Burden, Squizzy Taylor and Murph Hughes, probably still at the pub, Biddy, Haggis and Fly. Thanks to Matt Cook, our hero hero, the Fro and his Bucks, Jace Bettles, Joey Chooklegs, Jeff and his lady in the Narrows, Darren over there in Nullum Boy, and of course, the Grassman himself. Until next week, get a super excitable mullet up here. Tales from the Tinny.